Okay, welcome to our 35th class. So we'll review question 34 today, and then we're going to learn question 35 together. Let's begin with prayer. Our Father in heaven, thank you for these, these truths that you have for us to learn from your Bible. Thank you for uh, specifically what we've been studying now, and that is our salvation, how we can be saved from our sin, and all that you do in saving us so that you get all of the praise and gratitude and thankfulness. So we pray that our hearts would be filled with gratitude today, again, with thankfulness today, again, and that you would be glorified. Help us to learn what you have for us to learn. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's do a few questions for review. We'll put them up here on the screen and we can say them together, the answers. Let's start with question 29. How can we be saved? Let's say the answer together. Only by faith in Jesus Christ and in his substitutionary atoning death on the cross. So even though we are guilty of having disobeyed God and are still inclined to all evil, nevertheless, God without any merit of our own, but only by pure grace, imputes to us the perfect righteousness of Christ when we repent and believe in Him. Good. Question 30. What is faith in Jesus Christ? Faith in Jesus Christ is acknowledging the truth of everything that God has revealed in His Word Trusting in Him and also receiving and resting on Him alone for salvation as He is offered to us in the Gospel. And now let's skip ahead to question 33. Should those who have faith in Christ seek their salvation through their own works or anywhere else? No, they should not, as everything necessary to salvation is found in Christ. To seek salvation through good works is a denial that Christ is the only Redeemer and Savior. In question 34, which we've memorized this past week, the question is, since we are redeemed by grace alone, through Christ alone, must we still do good works and obey God's Word? And the answer is yes. Because Christ, having redeemed us by His blood, also renews us by His Spirit, so that our lives may show love and gratitude to God, so that we may be assured of our faith by the fruits and so that by our godly behavior, others may be one to Christ. Okay. Has anybody memorized this? Okay, let's say it one more time together. Since we are redeemed by grace alone, through Christ alone, must we still do good works and obey God's Word? And the answer is yes. Because Christ, having redeemed us by His blood, also renews us by His Spirit 
so that our lives may show love and gratitude to God, so that we may be assured of our faith by the fruits, and so that by our godly behavior, others may be won to Christ. Okay, so here's a, another follow-up question now. Question 35, repeating in the question what we've already learned, since we are redeemed by grace alone, through faith alone, where does this faith come from? This is not a question that everybody would ask, and it is an, uh, an answer that we might take for granted. Uh, but actually, many people wouldn't even believe this. The Bible makes this very clear, so it's important for us to know, so the catechism addresses it. The answer is, let's say it together, all the gifts we receive from Christ, we receive through the Holy Spirit, including faith itself. That's right. So let me read that question again, and I want you to think back. And I, 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 I want to assume maybe, or pretend if you weren't, pretend you were not raised in a Reformed Baptist church. Now, maybe most of you weren't. So I want you to think about how your answer would have been different than maybe it is today. Because a lot of you knew that this was the correct answer. You knew that this is what the Bible teaches. You know this now. But think back to right after you became a Christian. Okay, And, and how would you answer that question? Since we are redeemed by grace alone, through faith alone, where does this faith come from? Now, not, maybe all of you didn't answer in this way, but I would venture to say most of you. What would most of you have said? Me, right? It almost sounds like a, it, to me it would have, like a silly question. Because faith is something, and this is true, faith is something that I do. Faith is something that you do. This isn't saying that God, you know, possesses you. This isn't saying that you are merely a puppet, then God animates you, or that you are a robot and God pushed a button. I mean, you willingly and freely and joyfully, you put your faith in Christ. And you didn't feel like, and no one was, pulling any kind of strings and making you do something that otherwise you wouldn't do, that you didn't want to do. So I think most of us would answer it that way. Say, well, faith is something that, that I did, therefore it came from me. That's actually not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that all the gifts we receive from Christ, we receive through the Holy Spirit. So every gift that we have from Jesus comes to us through the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of Christ, the Bible says. And of all those gifts we receive, Faith is one of them. So that faith even is a gift from God. So let me read you a scripture. This is in Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, Avery, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, 
but according to his own mercy. So you're with that verse so far. Right? It is saying that God saved us, and we've learned this already, not because of works that we've done, but according to his own mercy, God saved us. And now here's the rest of the verse. It tells us the manner in which he saves us. It tells us how he saved us. And the word in the verse that shows us that is by. That's the next word. So it's saying he saved us by. So how did he save us? By the washing of regeneration and renewal of the, do you know, Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So if you turn that verse just upside down and just put the the, the, the cause that's given at the end at the beginning, it's saying, okay, here's what happened. God poured out on us through Jesus Christ, His Holy Spirit, which regenerated us, which saved us. And this is not because of our own works, but this is because of His own mercy. And actually, if faith isn't a gift, then it's not by mercy. It's not an act of mercy. It's an act of uh, rewarding meritorious works. It's you did something good. You were righteous when no one else was righteous or when the other person wasn't righteous. And so, because of your righteousness, God saved you. But that's not what the Bible teaches. That's not what the Bible teaches. In fact, if faith is not a gift of God, then what happens is faith becomes a good work. It becomes a good work. And so you had faith, maybe, and the other person that heard the same gospel, was maybe even raised in the same home, did not have faith or does not have faith. That is a work that you have done that they have not done. If God saves you based on that work that you did because you were more sensitive or more spiritual or more intelligent or more open to the gospel or more receptive, whatever word you want to fill in there, and then God saved you because of it, that is salvation by works. So this is really, really important. So even our faith, which is something that that we do, it comes from God. It is a gift from God. We've already read Ephesians 2 where it says this. So one of the commentators in the catechism was Micah Edmondson. And we're going to go through, we're going to go through what he said because he, he pulls apart this catechism question and answer really well. And I'll just pause a couple times to emphasize and make a note. This question, he says, deals with how believers come to faith and so receive the salvation purchased by Christ. It is a question best asked in retrospect as we look back over our lives and ask, how did I, a fallen sinner, come to love Jesus and believe His gospel where so many others have not? So this is a question that is best asked after you place your faith in Christ. And now looking back, uh, then it is very helpful 
for, he's going to go on to say, for love and thankfulness and gratitude. Sometimes, not always, this can trip somebody up when they stumble across this or hear this or get this preached to them before they become a Christian. Well, you, you need to place your faith in Christ. But that faith is a gift from God. So you can't place your faith in Jesus Christ and, until God gives you that gift. And maybe you had heard that before. Or maybe you've been dealing with people who are not believers and they're learning that and it feels sort of paralyzing to them. Well, what am I supposed to do? Well, they still need to hear that and there's good things that can come from it and it can make them humble themselves before God and cry out to Him. But when it comes to, his point here is when it comes to having gratitude in our hearts and having increased love in our hearts for God, this is best asked and understood after you have received the gift. After you have received the gift. Now looking back and learning where that gift came from. That it even was a gift. In order to understand the magnitude of this, you have to understand that, and he quotes 1 Corinthians 1.18, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. Although we can intellectually comprehend the facts of the gospel, apart from the gracious intervention of God, we would reject it as folly. As the gospel is preached, so here's how it works. How it worked for you, how it will work for you someday, how it works for others. As the gospel is preached, the Holy Spirit creates faith in our hearts so that we embrace the risen and reigning Christ as He presents Himself through the gospel. Even faith is a gracious gift of God. So you just back that up. If I love Jesus, to use his words, if I'm embracing Jesus, why? Why do I love Jesus? I didn't always love him. Why do I embrace him? I didn't always embrace him. Why do I want to obey him? I didn't always want to obey him. Or why do I want to obey him now more than I did two years ago? Why do I love him more now than I did two years ago? And the answer of all of that is grace. The answer of all of that is the Holy Spirit is at work in your heart, softening your heart initially to love Jesus for the first time and then over time to love him more and more and more. It makes us thankful, doesn't it, to even think about it? So he says this has implications on our view of salvation, the Christian life, and worship. First, he says, it confirms what I just said, that our salvation is truly all of grace. None of us can boast that we are saved. We aren't saved because we had enough moral and spiritual sense in and of ourselves. No, we are saved only because in His divine compassion, the risen Christ gave us the spiritual sight to believe the Gospel. By His Holy Spirit, Jesus tilled the rocky soil of our hearts so that the seed of the Gospel, so that as the seed of the Gospel was sown, it would bring forth the fruit of faith. Therefore, 
the Christian life must be marked by gratitude and humility. In and of ourselves, we are no better than our non-Christian neighbors. A Christian does not feel superior to anyone. We're no better than even our non-believing neighbors or friends. The only difference is that something, or rather someone, absolutely wonderful has come into our lives and changed everything. That is the difference. So that should make us grateful and thankful. He says in one more paragraph, Finally, knowing that our faith is a gift of God changes how we view public worship particularly the preaching of the gospel. Through gospel proclamation, Christ presents himself in saving power and transforms people for eternity. Eternal life does not begin when Christ returns. Eternal life begins today as the Holy Spirit brings that life to us through the gospel, the power of God unto salvation. As we sit in our pews or gray chairs, hearing the gospel, we are not just listening to a religious lecture. The gr- Listen to this, and this is true. The greatest power in all the world is at work bringing new life to sinners. Heaven is coming to earth. A glorious, not yet is breaking into the here and now. Public worship is the center of God's redemptive action until Christ's return when the world will behold Him. Until that time, we behold Him by faith week by week as we gather together in His name to worship Him and hear His Word. And by the Holy Spirit, we are progressively being transformed in a way that will last for eternity. This is, this is why every week we pray before a sermon is preached. It is understanding the gravity and the weight of what's taking place when God's Word is preached, when the Gospel is preached. People will be changed forever if the Holy Spirit comes and moves and works. So we pray for that. Tell God that we're dependent on Him and that we need Him and that we know how important it is for Him to come and bless what we're doing. Okay, let's say it one more time together. And then I'll close in prayer. The question is, since we are... And by the way, did you see the the kids portion this week? That's going to be a really quick chant. So I, I saw this coming. Yeah, I saw this coming. So I, I got on Amazon last week. Then I bought four big boxes of gum. So class next week might just be, right, kids standing up from the Holy Spirit. Some of them are ready to do it right now. See, there you go. Gum's only next week. Okay, since we are redeemed by grace alone, through faith alone, where does this faith come from? All the gifts we receive from Christ, we receive through the Holy Spirit, including faith itself. Let's pray.
Our Father in heaven, thank you for letting us know through your word where our faith even comes from. It is good to be thankful and grateful. And when we are filled with thankfulness and gratitude, it's much easier to forget our own problems and to forget our own issues and to forget our own suffering and difficult circumstances. It's easy to forget that when we're filled with gratitude and thankfulness. And there isn't much in your word that fills us with more gratitude than this. Than knowing how great is your love for us. Your love through Jesus Christ to die for us. But then for you to send your Holy Spirit. And give us eyes to see and ears to hear, a mind to conceive and understand how great your love is for us. And it is our understanding of that great love that makes us so thankful and grateful. And there we forget about the troubles in this world. So thank you, God. For those of us who have faith, thank you for this undeserved gift of faith. Thank you for giving us the ability to see. We will listen to your word preached today. And we can expect that we will actually understand it. And we'll understand all the spiritual implications. And we will be changed forever because of it. Because you have made us now by your Holy Spirit able to perceive, to understand, to interpret your word. So we love you and give you all praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.